Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Hey everybody, are we ready for some wine, food, and discussion? I know I am. I loved Lisa Unger's book, The Stranger Inside, and I can't wait to talk about it. But first, let's hear what we're serving up today for wine and food. Absolutely. Let's uncork this bottle, or more accurately, unscrew it. I know we like those screw tops. But you know, Kathy, I was thinking that it's a good thing we're not sharing (laughs) a screw top with Lisa Unger, because then we might have to change the name from Corks in Conversation to Screws in Conversation. Oh my god. (laughs) Stop. Okay, no. No, I'm going to have to start watching you in the future. Oh, Especially if we were to interview your favorite author, Crush. Don't give me any ideas. Oh my. Okay, moving on to the wine. Definitely it's time. Okay, (laughs) this week I chose a Fit Vine Sauvignon Blanc. Ooh, can I taste it? Yeah, let's 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 have a taste. I've been wanting to do a Fit Vine with one of our book selections for a while. Hmm. And I know you and I both really like a red, but I thought it was time to lighten things up and and try a white, um, which is perfect for my weather today because it's actually really warm here, and I bet it is there too. Yes, it is warm here. Is it nice? No, it's rainy, but it's warm. <laughs> oh, warm, warm and rainy. Okay, the Fitvine Sauvignon Blanc is supposed to be very light and crisp with lively, zesty fruit flavors of passion fruit and white peat. Light mineral undertones create a unique yet characteristic mouthfeel finish. I've never heard that phrase before, mouthfeel finish, <laughs> so let's try it. So, I think... I, um... I actually slurped a little bit. <laughs> You can slurp this wine. I did. What do you think? Well, I think it is very light, as you say. It's kind of got, um, and it's crisp. I think it's kind of like, um, I don't know how to say this. It's like dry on my tongue, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it, maybe that's a sourness or something. I don't know. Well, I can taste the fruit a little bit. That mm-hmm. peach, I think that that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice light wine. Um, so let's talk about Fitvine, this company. Okay. They have all kinds of varieties. They have white and reds. Their tagline is, enjoy tonight without sacrificing tomorrow. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I know. Who doesn't, right? We're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we will. Um, there's less sugar, mm-hmm. fewer sulfites. Um, a little bit less calories, not much less calories, but, you know, just a little bit less calories and no GMOs. I don't, I guess I haven't really investigated, but we are drinking GMOs and other wines, yeah, but I, I think the concept is less sugar right. uh, and fewer sulfites are supposed to, I guess, not impede your workout the next day. Let's say that. Okay. Cause I was like, is it supposed to be like, you know, the reason why it was because you don't gain weight? Drinking it or something. I don't know. Well, listen, I don't think this is the calories for one five ounce glass of the Sauvignon Blanc is 114 calories. That sounds about average, doesn't it? It is. A regular is 121. So okay. I don't think it's a. Well, so then it may, so then we won't feel bad in the morning if we happen to drink more than glass. One five ounce glass. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, so drink a bunch tonight and then let me know tomorrow how you feel. Do you know how many, you know how many five-ounce glasses there are in the bottle? So I would think there's probably going to be four. Nope, there's five. I looked it up. Because <laughs> I was you like, did? Oh, good for I was you. like, how many is 750 milliliters? And that's 25 ounces. Okay. So there should be able to get five glasses of wine from every wall. That's very um, handy information. I will be honest with you. I clearly pour more than a five ounce glass yeah, of wine. Yeah. Well, most people do. I think, I think it, you do like six, six yeah. or seven at least. And then, then it would be. Because yeah. I usually always think four glasses per bottle as well. I do too. I do too. So well, good. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Fit Vine, I thought we would discuss today. It fits with our book and we can talk okay. about that as we get into the book, if you'd like, unless you want me to... Talk. No, go into that. the food too. That. I want to know why this goes with the book. Okay. Okay. So um, our character in Lisa Unger's book is a new mom and talks about getting the baby stroller out, baby jogger out, trying to, you know, get back to her healthy body and weight, right, oh, where yeah. she was pre, pre-baby. pre And so I thought, oh, and she's always using that baby jogger. And so I thought, this would be a great time to use the Fitvine. Exactly. All you new moms out there, when you're not breastfeeding, right? you can have some <laughs> <laughs> Or you can always pump. And... Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so if we were having this a book club together in the same location, I have to tell you, I would take completely the easy way out tonight, and mm-hmm. I would do Chinese takeout. What do you think? Is that too much cheating for a book club? No. No. I think that's great. I do too. And this, actually, this wine feels like, I mean, I could see having Chinese with this wine. I, I can too. And I love Chinese takeout. And there is a scene in the book where um, the main character's husband brings home Chinese takeout from her favorite place. And I thought, that's exactly what I want to eat mm-hmm. while talking about this book. Was to be some... Some Chinese, some egg rolls. and Yeah. I like you know, the fried dumplings. I would get a bunch of those, too, because those are easy to eat. Oh, like with the, <laughs> the cream cheese in the middle? No. No, the oh. um, pan fried, like they're... Um, oh, the actual dumplings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're talking about... <laughs> what are, What is that one called? Those are fried wontons. Fried wontons. That's my daughter's favorite. So that's yeah. what I was thinking Those of. have like cheese but, in the middle, I think. You know, I used to make Chinese food like from scratch. I went through a phase. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't I, even I imagine can now. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a lot of work. I know. Especially when you can go get takeout, Christy. It was better than takeout, know. though. I'm telling you. But that was I, back, at, you know, know, back when I was like, okay, I didn't have, you know, other creative endeavors, like Hank said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Remember last week Hank said that she doesn't um, change the, what, like the liner roll in her, in her closets or whatever, like the shelf paper. And I thought, did you ever? <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I hope not. I was thinking that too, because I was like, okay, these are, you know, these are organized people because I don't think I've ever changed the shelf paper. But... <laughs> I haven't either. I haven't either. All right. So that's it. So we're having some Fitvine and Sauvignon Blanc and Chinese takeout. Well, that sounds perfect. So now we have the food and wine, and let's talk about The Stranger Inside by Lisa Unger. Okay, I was so glad we chose this book. And the big the big news is that Lisa Unger agreed to do um, a Corks and Conversation episode with us. So next episode will be our conversation with her. Woohoo! I'm so excited. I, I, it's, I am too. 
Yeah. You know, I read some of our other books before. And when we were at Thriller Fest, that was so exciting. We got to see her. We actually, you know, got to shake her hand. And <laughs> Oh, I, I was completely fangirling. Like, yeah. I really was <laughs> I know. Um, thrilled to meet her. But yet, you know, she's just this huge success in the publishing world and writes these amazing stories. But she's completely down to earth. I mean, I she's know. just awesome. And so I am really looking forward to sharing some conversation and wine with her next week. Yes, me too. And you are right. She is a successful author. I mean, she's a New York Times and internationally best-selling author of 17 novels with millions wow. of readers worldwide. And her books have been published in 26 languages. You know, I think I want to ask her that. I'm like going to say, do you have like a shelf with every language? I would. Mm-hmm. That'd be, oh, I yeah, totally. I wonder if she does. <laughs> I'm going to ask her. <laughs> anyway. It's a great question. It's a great question. <laughs> okay. And her, her books have been named Best of the Year or Top Picks by Today Show, Good Morning America, Entertainment Weekly, Amazon, IndieBound. Uh, she's been in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, NPR, and Travel and Leisure. In fact, I think she's doing um, a thing on our local NPR channel later this month. So, oh, really? Yeah, I might even try to go so see that. That'll be cool. But anyway, so on to the book, which was really okay. good. I, great. I know. Great book. So we, so I think we have sort of a theme going, don't you? Because last week <laughs> we were doing, you know, criminal justice. And here we are doing that again with a psychological thriller. Yeah. And like with the murder list, though, we looked at, you know, justice from a legal perspective. And we talked about exactly what could happen in this book is if both sides, prosecution and the defense, they both think that, you know, they're the right way. And if one of them has to win in our system, but what if one of them wins, but really they're both wrong because say the prosecution wrongly convicts somebody or nightmare, the defense gets somebody off that's actually guilty. Yeah. So that's a little yeah. bit of a dilemma. And, and I'm, I'm an optimistic person. <laughs> so I think <laughs> that, you know, that doesn't happen very often, but it probably does, you know. Well, the, the rate of conviction when something goes to trial is, is quite high. Uh, honestly, there aren't that many um, acquittals after there's been a trial. So you hope that, but there, I mean, we know of stories, right, where it's been yeah. a wrongful prosecution and a wrongful conviction. And it's just, it's an awful scenario. I know, that's a, it's an awful scenario. But then in this book, they kind of look at the other side and how mm -hmm. somebody getting off who's guilty can be awful for the people affected by the crime. And usually in this case, yeah. it's something serious like murder and so then it goes into sort of this vigilante aspect, and I don't, that's not giving anything away because you kind of find that out in the first chapter or first couple chapters. But, um, but it made me think, I mean, we have, aside from, well, I mean, we have vigilantes in the films and books all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, you mm -hmm. know, Spider-Man <laughs> or all the, all the superheroes have practically, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. But in real life, I mean, do you think there is a time when vigilantes are justified? Oh, boy. 
Well, it's a hard one. It is a really hard one. I and mean, we talked about this kind of ethical dilemma, uh, uh, I think, at the end of last season, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if it's the situation was on your plate, you know, that there was some, uh, someone that injured your child and right. they, they got off. I mean, I, I can't. It's very hard to think about blaming them. Obviously, we, we want a society where we have people paying attention to law and order and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, when it comes right down to it, it's... Um, well, this whole book explored that, and and yeah. I thought you know it was it's interesting that you brought up the um, comparison to the mirror list because the whole time as I was reading this, I could see it from both sides, mm-hmm. just like we did with Hank's book too. I think Lisa Unger did a really good job of um, showing like the fine line, you know, between justice and a need for revenge or absolution, mm-hmm. because really. I mean, a vigilante in the movies, they're always justified. They're justified. They're doing it just for justice, you know. They're, yeah, it's cut and dry. But in real life, most of the real life vigilantes have been, you know, probably motivated by not as much justice as maybe revenge or, you know, absolution or something like that. I think she did a good job of seeing, of you could see that. Yeah. You know, I'll say this. Sweet little Lisa Unger, who we met at Thriller Fest, man, she has got a surprisingly dark streak to her, I think. I was shocked with some of the plot twists. I mean, I know. all of them completely took me by, I mean, just took a hold of me. Yes. Um, but I was just, I yeah, I was really I know, like she shows up she with her husband that. and her little daughter and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope her daughter doesn't read her books yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lisa. Lisa, yeah, I know. I'm sure they keep her away from it. You know what? Interestingly, um, since you mentioned that um, we met Lisa and her, her, her husband and her daughter were at the function, but I, speaking of motherhood, I thought Lisa's take on motherhood in this book was so interesting. Yeah. And just that same thing with the vigilante really made you question, you know, and because she, she talks so much about um, staying at home with your baby and the pull to do that and then going back to work exactly. and, the and the need to have your work. And I it just, was really spot I just on, she, I thought. It was spot on, but it was like a fresh take on it. You know, mm-hmm. I just thought that was such an interesting approach in the middle of this. You know, it was kind of a backdrop. I thought that yeah. was really interesting. She does, she does a good job of developing her characters, which we will talk about in a little bit. <laughs> oh, look at you, trans, <laughs> uh, transition. Yeah, but I mean, did you find yourself like rooting for the vigilante to get away with it or? I can't say I was rooting for that, but I certainly <laughs> wondered how it was all going to work out. And it, right. I, I did not, I did not anticipate. No, I did not anticipate that, anyway. how it worked out either. <laughs> No. Which was no, really, I, I mean, not. kudos for her imagination and stuff. That really went there. But Oh, and, and the plotting. I mean, yeah. that's why I, I, when I finished the book, I had said to my husband, I said, okay, this is why Lisa Unger is an absolute must read for other writers, even mm-hmm. if it's just not for enjoyment. Because, man, did she just put that plot together so, it was just so well laid out. I mean, I it was that perfect finish where you were completely shocked at the end, mm-hmm. but then you could see how it lined up the whole time. Mm-hmm. And and that I, you know, I think that the reason why we we weren't rooting completely is because she showed so much the other side of it. Like, hey, you know, 
this isn't just justice, you know, this, this is, there's more to it than that. And maybe this person, you know, might develop into even worse or something. So you were always kind of like, maybe we need to stop this, you know? And there were different layers, you know, yeah. of, of vigilante, depending on the characters and, and the plot. And I just thought that was, it made me think about things in a different way. You know, it, it was mm-hmm. not black and white by any means. Yeah. We're, we're, trying, we're both trying to be so careful not to give anything away. I know, I know. We're going to say nothing more about <laughs> it, but you can tell no. from what we've said that it's a must read. And um, It is a must read. Writer's, Writer's Perspective. Perspective. Okay, so given the fact that Lisa Unger writes incredibly good characters, I think she's known for it. We wanted to talk about developing characters this week. Yes, good idea. Well, thank you. So listen, I have to tell you that one of the people that I, this is kind of coming full circle, one of the people that I had, another author I had seen um, mention Lisa Unger's characters is J.T. Ellison, who is an author we have um, discussed uh, in season one. Yeah. And JT, I think it was maybe on her Instagram, and she said she's a huge fan of Lisa Unger's and how she builds her characters. Oh, really? Uh, she said she makes them, yeah, she said she makes them come alive on the page. And so that was where I got the idea of talking about developing characters. Yeah, I love that article and then, you sent me, yeah. Yeah, and then I happened to find an article that JT Ellison had written about writing uh, or developing your characters. Yeah, I thought it was great that you when you sent that article. And um, I just thought, well, you know, this is a great topic, too, because even something so simple as picking a name can be tricky, don't you think? I do. I think names are really hard. I thought it was hard to name my kids, much less now a bunch of characters. <laughs> You've got multiple you know, children think- now. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? You get to get do over. I um yeah, I I think picking a name is just the starting point. And then it's, you know, you want to pick a a name that's um appropriate for their circumstances and their age and So and how did you uh, how felt. did you pick your names? I went, I'm wondering if we have a different hmm. technique because, you know, we approach writing a little differently. I wonder if we have we different do. techniques for I don't she just kind of came to me named I just mm-hmm. knew her name right away. Good, good. Other characters I've done it differently. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, that's mostly what it is. I mean, you know, some it depends on the character. Well, the main character in um, Gator Moon, you know, the first name Connor came up with. Mm. And so I asked him, why did you pick this name? Because I probably wouldn't have. It's Diana. Mm-hmm. And he said he mm-hmm. looked up names for that birth year and or around whatever birth year he figured and that one was a popular one and so I was like okay I'll go with that but then I had to come up with a last name and I do remember I had one last name I picked because it just sounded like it flowed and then I didn't like it and I ended up changing it to Drew Diana Drew doesn't that sound good I love Diana Drew. I think it's a great name. Yeah, but it wasn't until after I wrote the whole book and people were reading it that they were like, you know, that it, she got the badass Nancy Drew nomaker or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, subconsciously. Oh, you I... hadn't thought about that? No, I had not thought I, about it. I always thought, oh my gosh, I always thought you did that on purpose. No, mm-mm. it just flowed. Um, It flowed. I had a different D name before that and it didn't sound as good and... 
you know, so then I picked that one because I was just trying to go through names that kind of flowed and I liked the t- 2D and D and, but I mean, other names, hmm. I actually, as soon as I knew that what the character was going to be like, I would research like, cause I knew that that character yeah. was going to be from this area or this ethnicity or whatever. So I wanted to get something yeah. that was more authentic. And then, so do you think you, I mean, is a name important to have at the beginning or do you have an idea of what the person looks like or the role they play in your story? I mean, what, what do you think comes first? Yeah. I mean, for me, um, I don't even, I usually don't think about what they look like, the main character, you, for some reason. You don't? No. I mean, I know See, this age. is how we do things. I am so concrete that I actually search out a photo of what, that matches the idea in my brain. Wow. And then I make a collage of them. Well, Isn't so you know what the difference is? It, I probably could do that, but because I don't plan it ahead of time, that would have to come See, like after yeah. I develop the character. But even even as I'm doing it, I guess I'm so much inside their brain versus what they look like that I don't think about what they look like until all of a sudden they come in and inter- interact with another character. And then I have to be like, oh, wait, are they taller or shorter than this character? Are they, mm-hmm. you know, what does this character look, what do they look like to them, you know? And so I, that's... yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Everybody's different, but I do like, yeah, I do like in that article where she said she, you know, because she's written so many novels and series. She's prolific. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. so you have all these secondary characters and tertiary characters or whatever. I don't know. They have different levels, but um, so you're always having to come up with a name. And I do know that when I would come up with one name and then further in the book, I might come up with a different character's name and I'm like oh shoot what was that one guy that was in chapter two I don't want to have the same name as him you know <laughs> and, oh yeah like you need a spreadsheet yeah and <laughs> so she <laughs> comes up with all these names ahead of time like 20 or 30 names for just side characters so that when she gets to him she just picks one off the list I thought that was fascinating yeah. I mean at the point she's at with I mean how she really is a very prolific writer mm-hmm. um I can see her need for a pre-built list I don't have that yet because I'm not at that point but I thought that is a cool idea right just to have it stowed away I just thought that was really 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 cool I know I I, I think I want to adopt that as well because you know when you know you're in a certain area you know like names you can research names common names for that area different age names and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, sometimes they'll just come to you, but I mean, like Minnie, she came to me. I don't know why Minnie Pearl or something, yeah. you know, but then, yeah. but then, so I don't know if her name came first and then I said, oh, let's make her really tall and big. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. But, you, you know, know, I am, I have a funny story I had forgotten about until just now. I had named a secondary character mm-hmm. who is going to shine very um, brightly in my second book that I'm mm-hmm. um, outlining, I guess. Um, and I had named him Philip Bump. <laughs> and I was working on my novel one day, mm-hmm. and behind me, I I had the, the news on. And there is a journalist named Philip Bump. <laughs> 
and they introduced him when I turned around and I thought, oh, oops. And so I, I renamed the first name. Isn't that funny? Oh, my gosh, that is. And, yeah, do and you I don't think it's subconsciously I, I, or you just, yes. just a coincidence or something? Oh, at the time, I thought it was, I was like, I, I've never, I had never seen that journalist before. I didn't mm-hmm. think I knew him. But then I think I wonder if I had heard it and it just kind of stored it. Yeah, like of my, my whole Diana Drew thing, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway. That's okay. So, yeah, People hate, have the same should, name, yeah. though. So, you know. <laughs> yes, they do. We should tell um, all of our uh, mysterious foodies, especially the those that are writers, to go to J.T. Ellison's website, and she has a whole tab for writers. Um, oh, yeah. That's just all kinds of really, good, really, really solid, yeah. good information. We'll put that on our okay. we'll put that on our blog, so everybody can just click yeah. on it and go. Great. So we're. I was drinking wine. I was taking a drink. You drink wine, (laughs) and I will confess because this is the confessional Uh time, and I must confess that I was a big old slacker since the last podcast. I mean, yes. Well, I was a slacker as far as my writing was concerned, but because this podcast was being recorded today. And I knew I was accountable. Yes. I quickly, well, you know, as quick as you possibly can without, you know, um, messing up, I sent out three queries. Oh, very nice. I know. I've already gotten one rejection, but hey. Did you do it like today? (laughs) You just sent those out today? Yes, yes. I but you know, the, getting back into that takes a little bit of time. But you know, I I organized my query list to make sure you know I knew who I'd queried before. And like I said, I'd had like twenty or twenty five names, so I didn't want to you know in my research send it out mm-hmm. to the same agency or something like that. Um, and you know, I did send out one to a same agency that I sent out to right when I finished the book, but before I knew that I had to edit. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, it was just the query, but they, you know, didn't bite on the query, which was good because if they'd have gotten the actual words, they'd have been like, "Whoa, that's terrible." <laughs> but. <laughs> But anyway, so I actually did that today. So now I can I can say okay, I was I was productive. Very and, much um, so. Very good. Yeah. So tell me what is what are you what are you using for your resources to find the agents to um, query? Okay, so I use um, I think it's called QueryTracker.net. Okay. And you can and you know it has lists of agents. Um, and, you know, it tells you where they are, what they're looking for. You can narrow it down by genre. And then it'll show, like, you know, where they're located, like Canada and Great Britain also, you know, would be on mm-hmm. there. And so, you know, you can narrow it down that way. And then you then you click on them and you look at, see if they have something on manuscript wish list. And then you look at their website if they have one or the, the agency's website. And then you kind of narrow it down and say, okay, well, this one looks like they're looking for something that's sort of like what I wrote, you know? Yeah. And, well, um, and then awesome. it's just a, 
you know, you just send it out there and you never know. They could have been like, okay, I just signed something on that. I don't want to do that, you know. So that's why it's so much a numbers game, basically. Yeah. Well, very so I was good. trying that's to success. up my numbers. It was a rainy day, you know. So what's going on up there in South Dakota? <laughs> well, I um, have been inundated with a little extra office work. And so what I've been doing is when I when I can kind of zone out a little bit while I'm doing some work, I um, replayed uh, James Patterson's class on... Uh, what's it called? I forgot. Uh, Masterclass. Yeah, Masterclass. And I had watched oh, it man, when it first I want to do those... Out. Yeah, because yeah, I'm really excited to. There's quite a few authors on there that I really am excited to listen to. And David so I Baldacci bought, just did, yes, he's next on my list. And yeah. I, but I had watched um, the James Patterson one when it first came out, like in 2016, I think, or 2015. And I, so I was very curious to go back to it, and so I did do that. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. Cool. He's got great. Um, information, obviously, for people who are interested in commercial writing. Um, but I, I, my takeaway was he reminded me very much of Hank, just very positive, like just such a good, like you can just tell he loves his work. And I just found it to be oh, good, really fun to listen to. Very, very positive. Um, but it did get me to, <laughs> it got me um, rethinking chapter one and I rewrote chapter oh, one. Oh my the gosh, new- the endless chapter one. No, I haven't. I thought you said any... it was really good last week. It's last better time. now. It's better now. <laughs> it's better now. It really is. I, I can't have... wait to read it. Well, you know how I'm I, like I put on pins I, and needles. I had not addressed chapter one for the longest time, and um, it's the hardest chapter. It's the it most is, important and I chapter. Really wanted to focus on the rest of the novel, and then I knew I would know what needed to be fixed, right? And mm-hmm. um, and so I did do some fixing. I, I mean, I've rewritten it many many times but it is i really he really i he said something that made me think oh i should you know try a different slant on this um, particular aspect cool and and yeah so that felt really good so i was really excited about it so that's that's our progress yay yay and we're all doing good otherwise you're not freezing too much up there um not yet but it's today is lovely it's we i you know i've had Mm. we've had beautiful fall weather here this week um, it's 70 today, which is warmer than usual, but there is yeah. a huge storm coming to this area this weekend. I mean, like they're talking about a foot of snow. Um, it, oh, you're a, kidding me. No, I'm not. Right when you and I are leaving for our conference. <laughs> I am not kidding you. It's literally. Oh my gosh. It's not coming on Thursday, is it? Oh, yes, it is. It's literally starting Thursday oh morning God. about 5 a.m. And so I'm a little bit, and they even mentioned thunder snow. Um, as a possibility, and I thought, oh, I hope planes can fly. But we'll uh, update everybody, and Christine and I are going to a conference together, so we'll give it. So update. Wednesday night, you might have to leave. <laughs> I might. I, you know, the airport's only an hour away, but yeah, so we're, we're mm-hmm. just going to get slammed with a huge snowstorm. That is so weird. Oh I know. It's, it will go away, though, but it's it's pretty brutal. There's a lot of a lot of people really suffering well, already luck. from flooding, and ugh. But anyway, okay. Uh, thanks to our mysterious foodies out there for listening and sharing. And shout out to the winner of our book giveaway. We gave away a copy of The Murder List, 
Um, and Jamet Ross won. So thank you to her. Yay, woohoo! And we, I mailed it to her the next day, and I hope she's enjoying it. Yeah, I wonder if she has a book club that she'll, they'll, maybe they'll read it and have pizza and wine like us. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> uh. Okay, everybody, don't forget to check us out on Facebook or Twitter. We will be doing some future contests, and um, we will be posting the wine that we'll be sharing with Lisa Unger if you want to join us while you're listening for our next episode. Yes, because next week we're going to have our Corks in Conversation with today's author, Lisa Unger, which, as we said, we're totally looking forward to, and we already got questions picked out, I think. Um, So be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss this wonderful interview. That's all for today's episode of Game of Books Podcast, where we share food, wine, and mystery every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. This is Christy and Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.